0: What's up, family? Happy Sunday. How about everybody stand up? Let's all stand up. Let's give the Lord a big hand today. Come on, church. Come on, church. How many... How many of y'all are feeling either sick, under spiritual attack, or just having not a good day? Anybody? anybody? I, I feel that real bad in my stomach, and I'm like something. And so let's be victorious over that. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Come on. Come on, church. I was um, this Past couple of weeks, I've been spending some time at a public high school talking to some kids in a public school. It's been so refreshing, and, and I, I just miss these kids already. It's been two days. And um, one of them brought up an example of a, another student who was just being negative, negative, negative. And they said, What do we do? What do we do? And I said, You can't let evil win. You can't let evil win. And we are always in a battle, always. And, and I'm, we, you know, we experience it different ways in different times. Today's, you know, I just felt like this spiritual battle. And the devil can't win. And so we want to always declare the victory that we already have by worshiping God. So one time, let's just give Jesus a big hand for the victory we've already won. Come on, church. Come on, church. Amen. If you put the gospel up, do we have the gospel? All the screens, let's put the gospel up. Please take a picture of this. Remember last week? Put, take a picture of that. Take a picture of that. And here's my encouragement to you. Every single Christian should have the gospel memorized. This is a version of one way to say it. This is how we're going to say it. There's many different ways, but at the end of the day, you should be able to spit that out anywhere, any at time, to anybody that you want. Because this is the foundation upon which you stand. You do not stand on the rock church. You do not stand on what I'm telling you. You stand on the gospel. That is the gospel. And so you want to know that. And so here's my, qu- here's my challenge to you. I would challenge you to not only memorize it, but as you t- practice it, between now and Easter, just read it to people. Hey, do you mind if I read this to you? Your, your mother, your, your cousin, your little baby. Hey, hey, little baby, can I read this to you? Just read it. Get it out, get it out, get it out, and it'll start, it'll start changing your life. You do not, everyone say, do not. You do not. Say, do not want to be a christian that comes to church and knows nothing about christianity. <laughs> you we are we do not exist to represent what we're against. We do not exist to represent what we're against. There are things that are opposite the gospel. Yes, I'm but we represent what we're for and that's the gospel. And so that's what we need to be talking about, and it breaks my heart to see and, and have been part of this myself as well in the past, always talking about what you're against instead of what we're for. We're for eternal life and new beginning and God's love. So we want to know how to say that to people. And if you've ever, if you've ever heard the term, "the are hypocrites in church. There's hypocrites everywhere. Yes, but one of the most hypocritical things we can do is not overwhelmingly represent what we're for than what we're against. And so that is something that you need to know and, and need to, need to uh, memorize and, and be able to. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for just flowing. Thank you for what you're doing in all our campuses, all over in San Diego and Hawaii and all the people watching online, wherever they are, pray you challenge us, encourage us in Jesus' name, amen. Give someone a high five as you sit down. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. First book of the Bible, third capitulo, capitulo, capitulo. chapter, capitulo, capitulo. capitulo. Okay. <laughs> I got this. I, got, I capitulo. Man, I can say it in Come on, girl. Um, I was having a conversation recently with somebody, and they said, if God is a loving God, all-powerful, and He created the heavens and the earth, why is there so much evil in the world? Got babies dying, racism, poverty, division, people lying, cheating, and stealing, murder—all this craziness. And if God is a loving God, why is there evil in the world? So it's a great question. But before... We start talking about the answer. Let's break down what you're actually saying. First, you're admitting or acknowledging the possibility of a God. That something out there created all of this. Now, science will tell you that everything in our universe has to have a beginning. So, you're right. Something created or started everything we see. Something started you, something started your mother. matter of fact, I got an email from my sister today of a picture of my grandfather and his siblings, and I, I have seen three or four pictures with all of them together. And I was just looking at it just before I came out here, and something started them, and then my gra- great-grandfather, and one of my great-grandfathers is from China, Wong Kim Fong was his name. They call him Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that whole side of my family, but something started the universe. The, the, you cannot have an infinite series of past events without a beginning. So yes, the thing that created that is what we would call God because God is the beginningless beginner. Well, what started God? Nothing because that that's what makes Him God. Because God exists outside of what we call reality and the, the, the laws of science that we understand that govern reality, God is outside of that. He created that to govern it so it will all lead back to him. So the premise that there's a God, yes. And then the premise that things started, yes. And so God created all of this, and He is loving, He's holy, He's perfect, so why is there evil? Well, one of the things He created was us, and we're going to do a little review from last week, and I'm going to answer the question, why is there evil in the world if God created everything and God is loving? Well, He created us. He created us as one individually unique. The Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made and marvelous are our works. Everyone say, I am marvelous. Give me give me this right here. Give me the fan. Give me, say, I am marvelous. Say it like you're from Harvard. <laughs> you and I are individually unique. There is nobody like you. You represent the creativity of God. You are evidence that a creative creator designed you. There is nobody like you. Not only facially, physically, emotionally, mentally, your fingerprint, your eye print, your vein print. Everything about you, your DNA is only you. Your teeth, your blood, you're only you. So you are individually unique and you have an individual relationship with God. God created that that is evidence that there's some kind of Amazing creator. Now, we're not talking about all the different plants, all the different birds, all the different fish, all the different animals, all the different stars, all the different galaxies. Billions of galaxies with billions of stars in each one, and the universe is expanding at the speed of light. We're not talking about all that. That's whoa. Just you. Okay? You're also a moral mirror. You're made in the image of God, I-M-A-G-E. We looked at this last week. We're not going to go too much into this, but you are a moral mirror, which means that God created you and I with the ability to understand and reflect His moral character. He did not create animals that way. When an animal kills another animal, it's not a crime scene. The reason it's not a crime scene because the animal did not make a moral decision to kill the animal. Animals are given instincts. They're like almost robots. They do what they do. They migrate, they mate, and then they hibernate and whatever, and then they die. They, they don't have moral decision power. They don't have moral decision power to reflect God, understand God, have a relationship with God. God created only us that way, and he gave us the free will to choose him or reject him. There lies the problem, and we're going to come back to that. A, he gave us authority. He gave us the authority to rule, Genesis 1, God gave us dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And basically, he said, take care of the earth that I made perfect. Yes, it is our job to care for the planet, 100%. He created it, and he said, I'm giving you dominion over it. I'm not giving you dominion over people. That's called slavery. G, God created us to be his friend. But the Bible says there's no greater, friend than love, no greater love that one can have for his friend than to lay his life down for his friends. God calls us his friend. He is our God. He is our Savior, and he is our friend. He wants relationship. Everyone say relationship. And then E, God created us to be eternal. Every single one of us knows or, or believes in our heart that when we die, there's something more to this than this. And there is because he created you and I to have an eternal relationship with God. So if this holy God made all of us and made all of this and he made us in his image, why are we in the world so messed up? Well, the question now is what is evil? If good is God, and by the way, there's only one letter distinguishing between good and God, it's a single O. God is G-O-D, good is G-O-O-D, just so you know if you never noticed that before. Uh, the difference between evil and the devil is one letter, D. It's a D-evil, devil. Evil is the opposite of God. God brings life, evil brings death. God unifies, evil separates. God starts good things, evil starts bad things. They are the opposite. Now, you may say, I don't believe in the devil. Okay, think about this. Do you believe that there are strategic, planned things that are the antithesis of good? Do people plan to lie, plan to steal, plan to kill, plan to manipulate, plan to take advantage? Strategic, thoughtful, intentional evil we will call the devil as a Evil personified is the devil. Good personified is Jesus. The Bible says God became man. The gospel is that God became man in Jesus Christ, and He lived the life we should have lived. This is what you're supposed to memorize. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ, and He lived the life we should have lived. He was good, perfection, holiness personified. He's the image of the invisible God. Evil's the opposite. The devil is evil. He's strategic. He whispers stuff in your head. How many of you have ever had evil whisper in your head? Hey, don't do it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't even have to explain it. I don't want to break it down. Raise your hand, elbow above your ear. Look at that. Look at that. You, 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 someone might just look at you. Like my wife and I joke all the time. We joke. This is a joke. She's not here so I can tell this joke. Whenever. <laughs> whenever whenever we're out right and someone may look at me for whatever reason for whatever reason no matter she look someone may just say hi or just some somebody may be looking right and, my, and I always I always put words in my wife's mouth she, I put words in my wife's mouth. My wife is so non confrontational. She's so quiet. She's like the opposite of me quiet, homebody, don't want to be around. Yeah, she, so, this is like the epitome of the opposite of my wife. But if someone looks at a woman looks at me, I say, she be, I, I will say, Don't be looking at my man. <laughs> I had to preface that by all of that because I don't want you to have the wrong view of my wife. She goes, don't be looking at my man. I said, like, Go get her, Dev, Go get her. You get her. You from the ghetto. Go get her. <laughs> And my wife did grow up in the ghetto, and my wife did grow up fighting because she used to get beat up because her wife, her mom was white and her mother father was black, and she used to get beat up because she wasn't black enough. She had a police escort her to school as a kid. So she has that background, but she wouldn't hit a fly today. But she'd be like, don't be, don't be looking at my man. Devil, <laughs> we put stuff in your head. So the evil is the opposite of good, and we call the evil the devil. Whenever you see people stuff on TV, serial killers and child molesters, all like people that, that that just scheme and plan, I'm not saying they are not complicit, because God has given you and I, we are, He has created us free moral uh, characters, so we can choose to obey God or choose to not obey God, which is the opposite. God brings life. Disobeying God brings death. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty of sin is death. Death of dreams, death of relationships, death of your health, death of your opportunity, and eventually death. And the reason that Jesus died the death we should have died, which is part of the gospel, is because our sin has a penalty of death. And so, the question is, why is there evil in the world if God created everything, and he's loving. But before I answer that question, let me keep going. So the devil in the Bible speaks three times, and every time the devil speaks in the Bible, he tries to separate man from God. I'm going to say it again. He speaks three times, and every time he speaks, he tries to separate the relationship between man and God. God created you and I to have a relationship, to be his child. Just like a parent would have a relationship with a child. Where do we get parent relationship from? God. We didn't create that. God created parent relationship. He created marriage. He created family. He created having children. He created male. He created female. And so, God said, this is, this is how, here's how you're going to understand my relationship with you. And so, God created us to have a relationship. The devil says, the only way I can get man to choose my side is to break the relationship between man and God. I'm going to say it two more times, and I'm going to pause in between each time for emphasis so you really understand it. The devil said, the only way I can get man to choose to follow me is to break the relationship between man and God. The devil said, the only way I can get man to choose to follow me is to break the relationship. I'm going to say relationship. Between man and God. I'm gonna take it one step further. And the, one of the ways I can get to do that is to get man to un- misunderstand who he is. Because if I can get you to be confused about your identity and who your daddy is, then I can get you to live according to a different identity from what you were created. And so the question is why is the world? All this evil, if God created the heavens and the earth and he created people and God is holy and he created man in his image, why is it that there's so much evil in the world? It's because man made a deal with the devil. And, and now when I say man, I'm talking about all of us. And when I mean us, I mean humans, every human. Whenever you sin, you make a decision. Devil, I gonna trust you instead of God because I think trusting you is better than trusting God. So when I say, why is there evil in the world and why is there destruction in the world? Because people say, well, this world's all messed up and God made it. So here's my question. Why is there garbage and drama in your life? It's because not only is there drama around you, but there's drama because of you. (laughs) So, let's look at some let's look at let's look at a few principles here and then we going we going to do some we going we're, we're, y'all got a contract with the devil Watch this watch this number one you know some we're going to break the contract Adam and Eve surrendered their authority through a satanic deal or contract Look at Genesis chapter 3 one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible because this is where sin came into the world Genesis 3:16 The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made And he said to the woman, yo, girl, what's your name? (laughs) Ladies, how many of y'all met that dude before? How many of y'all say amen? (laughs) Hey, girl, what's happening? Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch, lest you die." <sighs> I did that really too good. <laughs> I'm good, though. I'm good. I'm good, fellas. I'm good. <laughs> the, servant, the servant said to the woman, you will not die. This is the devil's number one weapon. It is a twofold lie. One, that if you disobey God, you won't die. He lied to you. He told Adam and Eve, if you eat from the tree, you're going to die. The devil says, you're not going to die. Someone's lying. If you lie, if you steal from your company, you're either going to get caught or suffer consequence or you're not. But those two things cannot be true at the same time. There's, a, there's a, law, a law of logic called the law of non-contradiction. The law of non-contradiction says something can't be something and not something at the same time. In other words, you can't say that this is a belly-up table and at the same time say it's not a belly-up table. That's, that, that, that defies logic. Now, you can say it's a belly-up table and a footstool. You can say that, but you can't say it is a belly-up table and it's not a belly-up table. So, here's what he says. God says, if you eat from the tree, you're going to die. The devil says, if you eat from the tree, you won't die. One has to be not true, and one has to be true. Somebody is lying to you. And so, when the devil tells you that you can get away with living opposite of God and get away with it, either he's lying to you or you're in trouble. (laughs) So, look what it says. Look what it says, for God knows in the day you eat your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's what the devil's saying to you. God lied to you because God knows that if you do that, you'll be like him. Here's what the devil's really saying. I want you to think that you're like him. I want you to try to be like I want you to take control of your life. This is my life. This is my body. This is my money. This is my—I'm going to do with it what I want. Now, you can do with it what you want, but it does not mean the consequences are going to be to your benefit. I could decide to jump off the building. I believe I can fly. I believe I can't sing, but I'm going to try anyway. I believe I can touch the sky and I jump off the building. My belief in my my ability to fly is irrelevant. Faith is not good enough. I'm going to say it again. Faith is not good enough enough. Faith has to be based on fact. And when people say, I believe in Jesus, it's blind faith. No, it's not. I believe in Jesus because it's a historical fact he lived. It's a historical fact that he did miracles. It's a historical fact he was killed. It's a historical fact that he rose from the dead. And so, my faith is based on fact. And so, when you have faith, when the devil tells you—when the devil tells you that you can be like God, and you go, I can believe—I'm I, I, in control of my life—no, you're not. It doesn't mean that we, whatever decision you make is going to have good consequences. Go visit a prison. And I've been to 100 prisons around the world. And all those brothers and sisters in the prison believe I can get away with this. And there's, there's a whole bunch of brothers and sisters outside of prison that are going to go to prison. They ain't in another prison. Matter of fact, how many of y'all have been in another kind of prison, but not in the physical prison? You've been in an emotional prison, a mental prison, a social prison. You know what I'm saying? You got locked up. You got locked up. But look what it says. Look look what the rest of the verse says. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise. And she took up the fruit and ate. She said, it looked good. And she also gave to her husband, and he ate and the bible says the eyes of opened them the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked what they decided to do was to trust the devil and to tr- and to allow the devil to take from them the freedom that they had in obeying god whenever you have a conversation with the devil Or whenever you consider disobeying what God told you to do, trusting an an alternative point of view, you are having a conversation with the devil. Whenever the devil, whenever you hear a voice say, oh, you don't need to read your Bible, you might as well be having a conversation with the devil. God wants you to read the Bible, and the devil says you don't have to. You don't need to serve. God wants you to serve. You don't need to have to. You don't need to go to church every week. Now, uh, Now, don't make church going to every week, going to church every week law. Make being in your word and being in fellowship a privilege so you can grow in your faith. And whenever the devil starts to whisper in your ear, you don't need to do the things that the Bible is explicitly or implicitly teaching. You're saying, yeah, you're making a deal with the devil. Yeah. And then whenever the devil tells you you're ugly when you're not, and by the way, you're not applies to all of y'all because none of y'all are ugly. And you take on the identity of an ugly person, you take on the identity of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a lazy person, you take on the identity of a failure, you take on the identity that someone labeled you and cursed you as a kid and said to you, you're stupid, and you owned it. Um, I do diversity training, and one of my classes is called labels. And... I usually have a can of water. That's a New York way of saying water. (laughs) And I say, what does that label say? And they say water. I say, what is, what do you, what expectation does that label give you that's in this can? Water. What does that label tell you is not in that can? Soda or juice. Tell me the characteristics of what that label indicates is in that can, something that's tasteless and colorless. It's not sweet, no bubbles. Labels tell you what to expect, they tell you what not to expect, and everything about that label that you label, you apply to the thing labeled. When you adopt the label that the devil puts on you as failure, You can't ever see yourself as a success. And everything about a failure, you adopt to you, and you apply to your life. If the devil tells you you're ugly, everything about being ugly, you will apply to your life, and you will never think you're beautiful. If the devil tells you you're lazy, everything about lazy, you will become, you will start to live down to to the title and the label the devil gives you. Look at number two in your notes. Look at number two. It says contracts... Give Satan legal authority over your life. When you have make a deal with the devil to believe his lie about you or to believe the lie he told you and you start obeying his lie, you are giving him authority over your life. You are saying, devil, instead of, instead of me submitting to God, instead of me be, receiving the blessing of God or walking under an open heaven from God, I am going to trust you and whatever you tell me to drink, I'm going to give my, my joy and my authority and submit to the, to the, to the power of what I'm drinking, to the power of what I'm smoking, to the power of what I'm watching over the internet. I am trusting that that is going to fill the hole in my heart. Look at what the Bible says in, in Job chapter 1, verse 12, it says, the Lord said to Satan, Satan was having a conversation with, with, with the Lord and he, and he was um, accusing Job, a wealthy man, of only trusting God because God blessed him. And that's what he, he says about all of y'all. The only reason you, you trust God is because he blessed you. Don't raise your hand. Everyone say, don't raise, hand. don't raise your hand. Okay, if you raise your hand, it's on you. But how many of you have ever made a, God, a deal with God? God, if you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. God's like, I, 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 we, I don't bargain. I'm not bargaining with you. And God told the devil told the devil told uh, God the only reason Job trusts you is because you bless him. Take all he has, he'll curse you to your face. And look what the Lord said. The Lord said, "Behold, all that he has, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on this person." Uh, God told the devil, and this is a conversation that's way above my pay grade to understand. He said, you can take everything he has, just don't touch him. And all his kids died. Everything he owned was killed. Other than the servants, one servant in four quadrants of his property, the devil left alive so they can run back and tell Job how bad things were. God gave him authority to this degree. When you submit to the devil, you are, God is saying, go ahead. When you make a decision... To make a deal with the devil, you wonder why there's evil in the world, because people have made decisions to make deals with the devil. Governments have made deals with the devil, I mean all all the corruption in the world, people say I'm going to do it my way, I'm not going to do it God's way. I'm going to steal, kill and destroy, that's why. Because God made us free will, moral agents to make a decision to either trust him or not trust him. And when you make a deal with the devil and you make a contract with the devil to, to trust his way versus God's way, death will result, deception will result, pain will result, division will result, and that is a decision. now. We all have to decide for our own individual lives, are you going to trust the devil or are you going to trust God? And then if you trust God, God, I am going to trust that you are going to guide me through the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to open up your windows of blessing on my life because I do not want to submit to the devil anymore. But that's the reason why this earth is messed up. If God wanted everything to be perfect, he would have made us robots like animals. He was just said, do this, wake up, love each other, treat each other, you can't think anything bad. But God says, I want you to love me because you choose to. And I'm gonna give you enough intelligence and awareness to understand who I am and who he is and to see the benefit. And if, and, if, and if we haven't learned anything, lying don't work. Cheating on your spouse don't work. Drugs don't work. Bad things happen after midnight. Ladies, you're going home with dudes you don't know. That ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. Number three, number three. Satanic contracts can only be broken in Jesus' name. I want you to imagine this is a contract. You got one for each service. This is your contract. You're ugly. I agree. I make a deal with the devil. You're lazy. I agree. You're never going to be blessed. I agree. Prayer doesn't work. I agree. Reading the Bible don't work. I agree. I don't need to go to church. And you making all these contracts with the devil. And guess what? When you do that, you are telling to the devil, "I submit to you. Bless me, devil. The devil don't bless. He curses. Well, I got money. That money's going. That money's going to." T- bring you pain. I got women's. Those women's are going to bring you pain, and then women's ain't women's (laughs) if you haven't paid attention. (laughs) I got a job. You got a job. Everything you have is is a man built his house on sand. It's going to crumble. At some point, you have to do this, and you have to say, Jesus. I am going to break that covenant, and I'm going to trust you with my life. Listen, you can play church all you want. Coming to this building is not going to save you. Saying you go to the rock and, hey, Pastor Miles, hey, 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 Pastor Miles is going to die one day, and I'm going to be in heaven, I ain't going to be thinking about none of y'all. I ain't going to be thinking about you. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I only say that because I assume I'm not going to be, I'm going to be worshiping God. Not because I don't love you, but th- this, is, this, is all, this is all a means to the end of worshiping Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. We ain't here for us. The church is the only institution in the world that was created for the people not in it. G- let me say it a different way. Jesus didn't come to heal the sick. I mean, to heal the healed. He came for the sick. The people who didn't know him, who, who, didn't, who needed him. So, we have to live that way. That's why I gave you the gospel. Share the gospel. Easter's in two weeks. Come on, people. But you have to first say, Satan, me and you are done. I ain't worried about what people are going to think anymore. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to pray who I'm going to pray for. And I'm going to be bold. And, 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 and by the way, I'm going to be loving. So let's, let's, how many of y'all want to break your contract with the devil? How many of y'all want to break a contract with the devil? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, church. Come on, church. So we're going to read this out loud. Read this with me, all the campuses. We're going to read this out loud. And we are going to declare by faith our allegiance to God and breaking a contract with the devil. No more deals with the devil. And when you hear those little whispers, oh, you don't need to do that. Oh, no, 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 I need to do that. You can't pray enough. You can't give enough. You can't serve enough. You can't learn enough. You can't obey enough. You can't. Don't think oh, I can just do it once and that's good. Oh, you don't need to do it. No. You, got, you can't outgive God. Not only outgive him financially. You can't outgive God of your life. You can't. It's just it's impossible. Let's read this together. Let's, let's, read it, let's read it loud, okay? As a matter of fact, let's stand at in all the campuses. Can you stand up? Hopefully everybody can see it if we can stand up. Because if we get our diaphragm and, and you know, we want to shout. Wanna shout. We wanna shout. Now, when you when you talk, you wanna everyone everyone huh, <coughs> tighten your, your abs. And if you don't have abs, just fake it. Just huh. huh. That's how you wanna project you wanna project. Take a deep breath in and project. Huh. <coughs> Let's do that one. That was kind of weak. Say, huh? <coughs> okay. So we wanna project. We want to project. Now, what we're gonna do, I'm gonna tell you, we are going to declare our allegiance to Christ. And we are going to declare in Jesus' name that we break every contract and all the deals we made with the devil. I'm going to go to church and pray and sing, but I got my fingers crossed behind my back. No, we're breaking that. (laughs) Are you ready? Okay, one, two, three. In Jesus' name, I voluntarily declare that Jesus is Lord of all. I declare that Jesus died and rose from the dead, defeating the power of Satan in my life. I declare, Matthew 28, very good, you don't need me, that's right, that Jesus has disarmed all evil principalities and powers. I surrender all authority in my life to Jesus and declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I exercise the power of Jesus' name over all evil influences in my life. I repent and break all contracts with the devil. I release myself of all guilt and shame related to my satanic contracts. In Jesus' name, I break the power of evil spirits involved in my life. Satan, in Jesus' name, I command you out of my life. Jesus, I ask that you baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you to take over my life. Holy Spirit, I ask that you empower me. In Jesus' name, I declare that I am free. Come on, church. Now, you're like, okay, what now? What now? Let's make it really simple. I'm going to tell you this time I'm going to pray. Identify one contract that you have. Just one. You don't pray, don't, don't raise your hand. How many of you don't read your Bible every day? Read your Bible every day. Come to church every week. Tithe. Get in a small group. Serve. These are all the things designed for you. Memorize the gospel and share the gospel. I'm scared. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. So, just for real. You want, you want God to die on the cross and open up the heavens and bless you with a woman. And you're a guy. You ain't taking care of yourself. God bless me with a fine babe. And you ain't brushed your teeth in three months. And God can't get you to read your Bible. So, so just make a list of the contracts. And you can be like, dang. What kind of Christian am I? Lord, I just pray. The world is messed up. Not because the devil. We haven't done our job. So I pray we go to work. I pray we go to school. I pray we go to our families and be lovers of people. Lovers of God. Obedient to God. Anoint our life. In Jesus' name and in the nombre of Jesus. Amen.